Hi, and welcome to Wasted Takes, episode 135, which is a song by Alan Walker. Dylan, you might be familiar with him. I think he did the Faded remix or whatever that was. Yeah, that guy. 135, I think the song's actually called. Um, Wait, hold up. Let's listen to it. I was playing it earlier. It was pretty much a banger. I'm Trey, joined... As always, by Dylan and Tucker, Cam is getting off a plane currently. He said he'll be joining us later. He also said that he's had a couple drinks on the plane. So we'll see if he actually ends up showing up. How are we doing tonight, gentlemen? Loving the dream. All right. Um, So obviously, took a week break. That's on us. Uh, We were all running around like crazy last week with the Wiffball tournament and everything. I uh, just couldn't find a day to sit down and do the episode, so we apologize. Our little midsummer break there. Um, I, I know you guys, our listeners, probably missed it heavily, but uh, we apologize and we're back. My dad commented to me actually. He goes, "Hey, you have an upload." Yeah, so we we deeply apologize. Uh, you know, every once in a while, you need a little you need a little break. So a little hiatus. Yeah. I think this might be the only second time we've ever done that. I think it's. The second or third, yeah, you're right. We've definitely done it before, um, but you know we, we we're getting ready for football season. That's our busy season, so we're gonna be uh, you know having a big. I can guarantee we'll never miss a week during football season. No, definitely. Give, me, give it a second. I get excited to talk during football season. Is this the song, though? All right, that's enough. Good I, song. I, I didn't even hear it come through. Um, oh, well, never mind. All right, a lot of things to catch up on uh, that happened. Good podcast that happened this uh, past two weeks. First and foremost, we're gonna give Dylan a win here. It's like a seventy-five percent win, right? It's because ten like percent win. Yeah, it's not really a win, but it's on the right track. He had the Kareem Hunt t- take. I know I agreed with it. I don't remember what everyone else said. I think everybody did. Yeah. Um, but the take was Kareem Hunt going getting traded to LA. Now he's not getting traded to LA, but he did ask for a trade. From he's not a, even getting traded. Yeah, and that's probably not going to happen. So he's just doing it as a tactic. But Dylan, you were you know in in his mind, you were thinking trade. Um, Tucker, if you're going to be moving around a lot, can you just mute yourself. What? A lot of feedback coming from your end. Every time you move your computer, yeah, it sounds like an it's, earthquake. The, the, the sheets in the bed, it, it causes a problem. Um, all right. Uh, so that's a that's one for you, Dill. Uh, another partial win for me um, was I said way back in the spring that Tom Brady was going to become the first ever player owner um, for the Dolphins. Yep. Came I, out, I was thinking that. Yeah, came out that Brady uh, – it came out when the Dolphins lost some uh, draft picks and got fined for what happened that – Brady was offered an ownership stake in the team, uh, as well as a, a front office role, and would have been able to still play, which is insane if it would have happened. Um, in in where Tampa Bay? No, in Miami. Okay, because I think that was the team too that you that you. Yeah, I said the Dolphins. Yeah, because I knew that the Dolphins bananas. wanted to sign him. Um, which is bananas. Yeah, pretty good take. Didn't didn't end up coming true, but I was on the right track. Uh, Cam. Hey, that's t- that's take of the show, 135 episode. If that happened, that I mean, true. if that happened, I yeah, I probably would have got some national national attention. Um, Cam not here, but we'll give him a win. Brittany Griner got nine years in Russia, so he put it at a five year deadline, and 
he, he succeeded in that. Uh, there was a deal in place to get her back. It was called off, uh, unfortunately. Um, I forget who said Soto to New York, but that's wrong. Soto got traded to San Diego. And another loss for me, Debo Samuel signed a, an extension in San Francisco. There was rumors that he wanted out. I said that it was because of Trey Lance. Well, he signed an extension. So, again, just another money thing. Um, but that's all I got, unless you guys got anything else for winners and losers. Uh, I'll give Trey and Dylan a winner. Wiffle Ball Tournament champions. Big win. Definitely a big win. Uh, we can maybe cover that a little more later in the show. Thank you, yeah. Thank you, thank you. But Dylan, Dylan gets his sixth. I win my first. Um, rumor has it, Trouble in Paradise. Flint Tropics might be a one-and-done team. We'll have to see. Um, but yeah, did you see the jerseys came in? Jerseys look sweet. If you guys, if you guys don't play again, that's going to be a real shame because they look great. Um, they look so good. Yeah, and that team's definitely not staying together. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, breaking disaster! Breaking news on uh, wasted takes, but um, yeah, no, there wasn't even there the bed. Text in that group chat since Friday. We'd even text on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so a um. It was a great, fun weekend as always. We can maybe discuss a little later when Cam's here. I know he's interested. Um, but yeah, big winner for for Dylan and I. Um, all right, wait, uh, take of the week, Tucker. You might not have won um, the tournament, but you won a take this week. Yeah, people say it's just as good. <laughs> um, you know, four people win the wiffle ball tournament. One person wins take of the week. So. You know, you got to take your wins. You got to weigh them out. What's more important at the end of the day? I concentrate on ways it takes. Other people concentrate on the ball. So. Well, I have more good news for you, Tucker. It's that you and I are tied for the second point. So we're going to have to – there was a two, two-pointer two poll this week. Oh. Um, All right. I feel like I should just get it. Oh, well, I don't know about that. Um, you got the football tournament. <laughs> Dylan, do you have <laughs> a coin or an AirPod handy? Dylan? Dylan's on his phone. He's not looking at me. Sorry, sorry, oh, sorry. There's there something important going on. Anyway, what'd you say? Do you have a coin or an AirPod handy? Oh, I do have an AirPod, I believe. Tucker, do you want to... No, nope, uh, never mind. But I do have the trusty driver's license. You All know right. what? I will defer. Heads? Right. Yep. And tail. I'll take heads. I will defer. I'll take heads. It is. It's. Hey, there's a point for me. It's <laughs> oh, bullshit. Uh, Tucker, that moves you up to five. Moves me to 13 on the year. Uh, Dylan and Cam missing out on a point this week. Um, all right. Wait, did you get both of them, Trey? No, Tucker got one of them. Okay. Uh, waste of takes. Does anybody have a take to lead off on? I got a quick one. I'm wondering if you and I might have a similar one, Dill. I'm not sure, but go ahead. Does it involve the NBA? No. Then no. All right. Mine's short. It's sweet. I hit the nail on the head last year talking about the Lakers, talking about Carmelo Anthony bringing the team down. Um, Maybe that wasn't a reason, but I said it wasn't going to work. Got another mellow take. This one's short and sweet. Mellow, back to the Knicks next year. Lock it in. This is an absolute slam dunk. As soon as 
DraftKings becomes available in Massachusetts, which should be relatively soon, hammer it. Win for the podcast. That's a win for the podcast. Um, is he a free agent? I don't even, I don't know. I don't care. Back to the news. Um, let me just look up his contract status real quick. Um, Shut up. Yeah, so he signed a one-year deal. So you're right. He is a free agent. Um, I'd actually like to call it an L for me that uh, gambling is going to become legal. Yeah. I don't like it. It's going to lead to bad things for me. It's going to put me on a rocky road. I think it's L. Well, you could turn it into a W. Maybe I'll start winning. Um, You know what? I don't see it. I think that Carmelo is done. I think that was his last hoorah going out to hang out with the Banana Boat Boy in uh, L.A. If you've never seen that picture, look it up. LeBron James, Banana Boat. Fantastic picture. Um, I think he's done. I don't know what his stats were this year. I didn't watch a single second of the Lakers. I'm not sad that I didn't. Um, it seemed to me like there was a whole mess over there. He definitely didn't play as well as he probably could have because they lost so many games. But, uh, I, I mean, I, I guess I don't know enough about how he played and I don't know enough about the Knicks roster. So I'm just going to take the odds here and say no. Tucker? Um... I 100% disagree due to the fact that this next team cannot afford to have one more washed up bum on the team. I get that Carmelo is like coming home, like the whole thing, like it's cool. But like at the end of the day, the Knicks think they're like on the path to winning. Carmelo would have been a great pickup two years ago. Not even because he's good, but because they were bad. But. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Bill, do you have any uh, reasoning behind the take other than just he played there before? Um, I know that, I mean, his contract this past year was like 1.5, 2.5 mil, which is chump change. And it's, if he wants to play, I don't see a lot of teams really wanting him and I think the Knicks can give up two million cap space to bring him back. And if there were a place I think that he would want to go, it would be a former team. And I just chose the Knicks because he played there for a while. Went, went, I think three playoffs when I looked it up, three playoffs with him in like six or seven years he was there. All right. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on it. Um, all right. I have a take. Also has to do with old guys uh, going back home. So the Bruins this week announced the signings of Patrice Bergeron, which wasn't. Oh wait, loser for me. Loser. I said he was going to Canadians. Forgot about that. No, win, winner for me. Winner for you. Loser for me. Um, they brought back no. Patrice Bergeron. What? Go ahead. This is gonna be a dumb question. Was Patrice Bergeron not on the Bruins? He was afraid. Gotcha. So they resigned him. Yeah. But the thinking was that he was going to retire. Yeah. They were. He was either going to retire. Gotcha. Okay. I was. I thought. I originally thought that, and then I don't know. The way you said it made me think that we signed him from another team. No. Which confused. Resigned Bergeron much later than you know the kind of the free agency bubble that always happens, but we resigned him this week to a one-year deal, probably the last go-around for him. 
Uh, can't say I'm all too shocked. Like, he's the captain. You know, obviously, he wouldn't really want to go anywhere than here. I did say maybe Montreal because that's where he's from. But um, the other more surprising one, I'd say, was them bringing back David Krejci, who last year was not signed by the Bruins. He was on the Bruins two years ago. They didn't bring him back. I think he didn't play at all. He just kind of went back to Croatia or wherever he's from and chilled he, there. He, he played a full season in the Czech Republic League and Republic. was the best player in the league. Yeah, there you go. So he went to the Czech Republic, played at home. Bruins bring him back on a one-year deal, I, I think, as well. So, um, obviously, it's the big bringing the band back together week for the Bruins. It's, uh, you know, the old, the old guard coming in for one last go-around. I think it's a mistake. Um, last year, we saw this with Tuka Rask. They let him go, and then halfway through the season, they signed him back, and he stunk, and he retired. Um, I think these guys, not so much Bergeron, Bergeron, excuse me, not so much Bergeron. I think he's still got a little something left in him. I don't think he's going to be a detriment to the team. I'm worried about David Krejci. Uh, David Krejci was not good the last year he was here. He was a bit of a liability from what I saw and what I heard. Um, there was a lot of calls to get him off the team. They did it, and now they brought him back. You know, I he could still be a good player. I don't know. I don't know how he played in the, in the check, but um, I just think this is not a good way to go about your – team building. I think bringing back these old pieces instead of maybe ha- hitting a reset button with some of your younger stars, McAvoy, Pasternak, try to build around them and uh, move forward, just kind of trying to get back in the old glory days with guys who are on the you know, the decline or have totally declined. Um, I think it's a mistake. I think they did it with uh, Rask, like I said. I think they kind of did it with Chara. I, I didn't think Chara was bad. Toward the end of his career, a lot of people did. Uh, they He's kept him playing. around. Well, he, no, in Boston, I mean. I didn't yep. think he was bad toward the end of his Boston career. Uh, a lot of people did. A lot of people wanted him gone. They got rid of him. They held on to him for too long. Some say, not myself. But I don't know. It's just some weird thing where they've had trouble drafting, and the ownership seems to not really care, and the GM uh, doesn't really do a good job and fires coaches that don't deserve it. Um, I don't know. I think the Bruins are in trouble. I think they missed the playoffs this year uh, as a result of these moves. So I'm just going to, that's all I'm going to say is bringing back these old moves. It's going to make the team worse and they're going to miss the playoffs. That's tape. Um, so I had a Bruins are going to miss the playoffs take uh, earlier. And the coaching. It, it was because of Cassidy leaving. Yes. Um, now, bringing back some old guys like I get what you're saying if you're saying that uh, you know if you're gonna go into a rebuild you gotta just rip the band-aid off and go into it which you know I don't think they're in a rebuild state to begin with I mean the only person that on the team that we were thinking was leaving or maybe retiring was Bergeron um, I mean, obviously that's a huge piece, but that doesn't mean you need to go into a complete rebuild. Um, I know, but Marshan's getting old. I think, um, 
I think they're a few they're a few good years away from a from a legitimate rebuild. Um, signing Bergeron back, he was still a sulky candidate, and I did he did he win? I, he may have won. So I'm not saying like Bergeron coming back so is I, not a big. I, I get I yeah. I get I'm getting there. So Krejci coming back though, the Bruins tend to do this with guys. And even I mean, they do it. In, I mean, the Red Sox do it in baseball, and other teams do it all the time. Just because you sign a guy again doesn't mean that he's going to play and be an integral part of the team to even have a chance to like play shitty. You know, like the, in tandem, they can also develop younger guys, play them more. It just becomes a mindset of how they want to move with the team. Uh, you know, this is a low risk signing. They signed him for like a million dollars and like another two million in performance based incentives. You know, so it, it's a low risk potential higher re- reward than than anything else. I don't see it as a problem. I think it's just a he could be another asset if he still can play. Um so I think it's a relatively good thing. I don't think you're locking the team into him playing and not attempting to uh, develop other guys just because you signed him again. You know, get where I'm going? I understand. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I I just think that they're kind of stagnant right now. The past two years have kind of ended the same, similar way, you know, early-ish playoff exit. Um. I thought against Carolina this past playoffs, they didn't even look like they belonged on the ice with them. Um, although they took it to seven, right? Yep. Either way. I, I and, and, and I would agree too, but that's the way the team has been for ever since I've been watching, you know, 15 years. It's yeah. Been, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess it's just frustration. I mean, Bergeron should have more than one Stanley Cup. Mm. Chara should have won more than one. Like, they came so close. I don't know. It just seems to me that you got to try to build something for the future rather than stick around in the past. And I think that you're getting in a little trouble with Pasternak. You, maybe they're bringing back Krejci because that's one of Pasternak's buddies. Maybe that's what they're doing. Um, that could be good chemistry. Yeah, and so there's assets that too. The other thing with them that you didn't mention that I think actually bolsters your take is um, re-signing of uh, DeBrusque for two years. I mean, it was halfway through the season last year, and we thought he was going to be Yeah, that was, uh, that was good. You know, and then he got re-signed, and a lot of people thought it was just a sign and trade. Like, sign him for two years just to have him for trade bait, trade him at the deadline, or trade him in the offseason. But they're going to stick with him, too. And we've had concerns with him for three years now, and we just signed him for another two years. So it's like, I and I get what you're saying, too, because it's, a little frustrating as a fan when the team does seem like it's a little stagnant, but at the end of the day, they still played a good season and made the playoffs and, you know, lost in a game seven, so. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, there's reasons to be optimistic, but I think this year is going to be a bit of a reset year as it is with a new coach. And yeah. I don't know. Uh, Tucker? My hopes aren't as high as previous years for sure. Um, yeah, so uh, unlike you, Fairweathers, I believe in the team always. Um, I think they're going to win a championship this year. Um, David Krejci, Stanley good. Cup MVP. 
Um, Bergeron might get the MVP on top of it. Um, you guys are saying he's washed up. I think he's the Tom Brady of his sport. Got a lot left in the tank. Um, how old is he? Is he 45? He's I like, think he's 37 or something. Yeah. Exactly. He's got plenty of years left. LeBron's 38. Brady's 45. Yeah, hockey he's years, just he's one like of those 60. guys. In hockey years, he's like uh, 60. But, like yeah. So, I believe he's in this 37. team. Yeah, so got plenty left in the tank. Ridiculous to even question him at this young age. All right. Hey, love the optimism. We'll see. Uh, Tuck, do you got a take for us? I do. Mine is about a football team called the Cleveland Browns. Now, as you may have seen, the Cleveland Browns were extremely excited because uh, Deshaun Watson only got .25 suspensions for every girl that he raped. Um, So the Cleveland Browns, I just think this is a ridiculous situation because for the first time ever, they had a QB that might have been the franchise guy. Led them to the playoffs for the first time ever. Led them to a winning record while he was playing. You're talking Baker? You're talking Baker? Then got injured last season and played poorly because he tried to play through an injury. So they decided, you know what? We should just sign a rapist and we should give up our entire future to sign said rapist. And now the NFL is appealing to suspension to try to get to a year or more. With Roger Goodell now as the final call. So he's going to get a year suspension now. And... I fully believe that the Browns have now cursed themselves and it brought them back into being the Browns. They finally had success and they Browns it up and they will now go into another 17-year drought, playoff drought, just like they did from 2003 to 2019. This is going to be a long, very, (laughs) very much, uh, we're going to continue to monitor it type of a take for 17 years. So, let me just get the take straight. It, the take is that Deshaun Watson's appeal, the, the NFL's appeal will be, go through. He will get a year suspension, and that will plunge the Browns into another 17-year playoff draft. What yeah, if no, it, the Browns are cursed again. Browns are cursed. The swagger, the swagger curse comes back. They, they should get a new dog. They have to kill another dog. Is what you're saying. Imagine they get a new dog this year, and then like three years from now they don't make the playoffs and they just put the dog down. You know what's <laughs> funny is we did maybe, what, four or five episodes in the Frankie Memorial Studio, of the, the studio named after my dead dog, and the one dead dog take happened in his studio. It's very sad. Um, I mean, why, I don't know why. I, I guess I don't get why you're so positive that the uh, – Appeal is going to go through. Because Roger Goodell has final say, and now Roger Goodell is not going to be like, eh, no, six games is enough. Because the NFL appealed it. So The NFL appeals it, and now the appeal goes to Roger Goodell. So he was the one that orchestrated the appeal, and now he's the one that gets to make final decision. That's what I was about to say. Plus, who, who... 
said that he got a four-game suspension. Six games. He got a six-game suspension to the judge. And the judge also threw it in their face. I mean, like the judge said, well, according to the NFL bylaws that say nonviolent sexual misconduct is six games, I would have to recommend a six-game suspension based on your bylaws. Like, she threw it, like... She didn't say it in a way that was like, I think he deserves six games. It was like, according to your rules, he gets six games. I don't understand why a judge did this. Because it's a new thing, because Roger Goodell didn't want to be like yelled at every time someone got suspended. But now he's going to change Now he's going to because everybody, It was because everybody came out. Be like, Yay, go Roger. Everybody came out and said, this is stupid. Why is he getting so, six games? And the now take, Roger's going to take over. Been, the take should have been Roger Goodell is trying to rebrand himself by being the savior. No, that's not my take. <laughs> Roger Goodell is doing that, but that's not my take. I think that's just a fact. I don't even think that's a waste of take. That's just a statement of fact. Um, I like it, Tug. I hope it happens. I really do. Um, I think they are a scum franchise. I think Deshaun Watson is a scum dude. Um... I, they will stop at nothing to try to pull themselves out of the muck. And in doing that, it's kind of like a, like a quicksand situation where they're in the quicksand and they struggle to get out and just makes them sink deeper. Um, every time they, they do all these gimmicky crap and they bring in different guys, they bring in Johnny Football, he sucks. They bring in Baker Mayfield, Johnny Football 2.0, and he sucks. Uh, they sign a sexual deviant or trade for him, trade their future away for him. Uh, I honestly hope it happens. Um, I could see, you know, if he doesn't play, they're going to have a tough year. I don't think they have a first-round pick next year. Um, and I can see their team building getting really hard. Um, they have a great roster right now, but that only lasts for so long. Um, I mean, who knows what could happen. Deshaun, two years off from football, could totally change him. Um, yeah, I hope it happens. I'll agree with you. Phil? I mean, it... it- if what I understand this appeal process with the NFL, I mean, this is so stupid. The NFL is literally just like, here, have this other ent- entity decide things, and then we're just going to change it anyway. I mean, that just seems ridiculous in and of itself. The NFL has never been a wise organization when it comes to these things. But that, like, I, I like how, how like they gave Brady four games because they didn't understand science. I mean, I, but this, this is, this is blatantly just like bringing people through a ringer for no reason just to change it. Well, like, I don't think they intended to change it. I think what happened was the public outcry after he this happened. They, 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 they're just so bad at like. PR like they're just so bad at it you see it with with the barstool stuff it's like they if they just let them in it wouldn't be funny anymore and they wouldn't have any trouble like they're just so bad at PR and understanding what the fans want to see and understanding what the greater public wants to see um that they 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 probably thought okay uh, this is Roger Goodell's thinking process okay I know I'm gonna get vilified by Cleveland whatever they suspended him was suspended for so the judge is going to take care of it. My hands are clean. Nobody can get mad at me. Then the judge says, well, your stupid rules say that it's six games. So six games. And then he's like, and then everybody lost their minds. And he said, 
Oh, Jesus. Uh, now they're all mad at me again. What am I going to do? Okay, I'll take, give me a year. What if it, What if he says six games for each allegation? Then he'd never play again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I don't know. He he's he's an idiot. He's just so I don't know why he's so concerned with the public image and it's like I don't know. He's a dolt. I've always hated him. Um but do you do you think it's gonna happen though? I, I just don't understand why this is the curse. I mean the curse was signing him to begin with. Like but I think we already established that, you know, weeks well, ago. Yeah, I mean, but they didn't. They probably didn't think. They probably thought, okay, the NFL rulebook says six games, so we'll go the first six games without him, and then we'll have him for the next year, and we'll the year, you know, we'll have him for the rest of the year, and we'll be fine. Um, so. I mean, I, I doubt that they were thinking it was only going to be six games. I feel everybody and their mother thought it was going to be at least a year. So, I mean, he could come back and be the same guy. Like two two years off of football could be good for him. Could, could I think I think the curse started when they signed him, but Tuck, I'll agree. If, you know, if this becomes a game, it's just gonna or a year, it's gonna, you know, bring that all to fruition, and you're just gonna, the team's gonna implode. Who's their so, backup? Case Keenum. I hope Keenum balls out. I hope Keenum gets them six and zero or goes deep into a He's playoff the, run. My number, my number one backup. I hope that happens. I'm rooting so hard for Case Keenum. Um, all right, let's move on to some topics here. Um, we've got the Juan Soto trade. So Soto gets traded to San Diego, who clearly say, screw money, we're just going to build a good team. Um, so, you know, uh, I don't really know what to make of it. I think that San Diego's got a great roster on paper. Um, Machado, Tatis, and Soto. That's pretty pretty big murderer's row right there. Um, I don't know how they're... How are they doing right now, Dill? Do you know? San Diego? Yeah. They hadn't scored a run in like 17 innings, and then Soto hit a solo bomb or something, and they finally put one on the board. Yeah, so they're 63-51. and 51, and they I mean, are... their roster is good. I think they... The, the thing with baseball... You have to get you have to get lucky, and I've said this before. The guys on your team need to have their career years, you know, at the same time as a lot of other players on the on the team have to have their career years. It's hard to build a team by with straight money and uh, just signing players that have had good years, because I mean the odds are of those people having another good year is higher than somebody who, you know, doesn't have as many good years, but you still need that sort of, you know, you know, just picking the lucky straw. And for some reason, a bunch of people play well that, that year to, to really get to a championship. So they just signed a bunch of guys. They signed a bunch of pitchers that were good a few years back. And now they're just, good but you know not great it seems to me they're just trying to keep pace with the dodgers like the dodgers have exactly the best players like at every position it's so annoying and they're always whoever the big name free agent is they're gonna go to the dodgers like they have mookie betts they have freddie freeman they have clayton kershaw they have who's the other pitcher that they picked up they had uh scherzer last year for a little bit didn't they um I mean, they just, it's always, it's all the time. They just, 
And so the, you just got to keep up with that arms race. I, I don't know. They're wait. They're 15 games behind the Dodgers, so they're not going to catch them. I guess it's just a race for the wild card. Uh, Tucker, you got any thoughts on the Soto trade? Um, Juan Soto went to the Padres, correct? Correct. I love it. I have a future on the Padres. Uh, I don't know what the wild card standings are. I love the Padres. I think they're fun. And, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all based on a four-game series and anyone – I mean, a seven-game series, and anyone can win a seven-game series. I mean, they, they, signed, they signed Manny Machado to a giant contract. He's not so good. They signed – I hate Manny Machado. Fernando Tatis. They signed Tatis, who's gross, but they signed him for bajillions of dollars, which, again, baseball, the money doesn't matter, but it's just – I will, I think they're a team that could win it. I mean, look at the Yankees as a prime example. Obviously, they had tremendous teams, you know, in 90s, early 2000s. But in the past, how how many years now has it been since they've won? I feel like a lot. 2009, I think. So Yeah, it's like 12 years. They, they consistently put out a very good team on paper. They sign guys and... It just doesn't happen for them. I think baseball is again one of those games, one of those leagues where you—it's always changing. Like it's like uh, it's the same with uh, like Garrett Cole. Obviously, I don't know with his cheating stuff or whatever, using foreign substances, whatever the case may be. He was absolutely disgusting. Decided to do a massive deal. Now he's eh. You know, it's just that's what happens with baseball. You need a team to just have their year. The Padres currently are the holders of the third wild card. So I guess the, the mentality is you want to push for this year while you still have a young Tatis. And yep. I don't know. Did he, did he sign an extension there, or is it just you think a rental? A lot to give up for a rental. They give up a bunch of prospects. I um, think he's, they traded him. I don't think he's signed yet. but yeah. So he might end up on the market anyways. Um. Oh. Yeah, but they trade him because they weren't going to pay enough money. No, absolutely. It's a good move. It's a good move by the Nats, but I'm saying for San Diego, you would yeah, sign a guy. I'm San Diego. Because he was in contract negotiations. He turned down like a $400 million deal. Half a billion dollars, yeah. He turned down half a billion dollars. Yeah, and so I think that he can maybe – I mean, I think the Padres had to have some plan to sign him if they gave up all that stuff for him. Would be my thought. I mean, they must. It'd be stupid if not. But um, all right, let's do our next yeah, thing. He, oh, he hasn't signed. He's being paid seventeen million for his one-year deal. He signed at the beginning of this year. I I mean, if he leaves, that's nuts. Um, all right. I mean, but they're gonna. You have to think about it from a business decision. Like, how many jerseys are they gonna sell from him this year? Enough to pay off his salary plus of just seven, eight and a half, you know, eight and a half million dollars. Way more than that worth. And then, you know, maybe they can make a run on the playoffs because of him. I think it's a good deal in terms of like bettering your team's chances and all that. I don't know. And I don't know who, I don't know if Padres are paying the whole 17 or if. You know, Nationals are taking some of it, too, but there's probably some of that going on. Yeah. So you honestly, know, honestly, the thing is, they probably are making a ton of money because of it. The thing is, is, I don't even really think he's that good. Like, 
he's the future of baseball. He's not. He's not relative. He's not exceptionally fast. He's not a tremendous fielder. Um, he hits for power. He doesn't really hit for high average. He's just like any other guy in the majors that gets these contracts. It's just he's he's a guy on your team, but you only need a few. Of them. You only need like one of them. You know, it's like the Yankees always stocking up on big guys that hit home runs, but they have nothing else. And that's their biggest problem. Has been for a long time. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see what happens with him. Uh, let's move on to NFL training camp. So NFL training camp has been underway for a while now. Uh, preseason starts tomorrow. Or it started already with the Hall of Fame game. Uh, Jared yep. Stidham put on a clinic. Um the once any of you watch um hard knocks i'll get yeah we'll get to that next if, did you watch it i watch i'm two-thirds the way through all right so we'll get to that next but um just thoughts on stuff coming out of training camp i mean in terms of the patriots we've got three patriots fans here uh it's the reports have been that the offense has been bad struggling a lot um they've been getting receivers are getting locked up by defensive backs wearing gloves on their hands to teach them not to grab, um, which is not a good sign. Uh, and people are saying, don't panic. It's just because they are uh, getting adjusted to the new coaching, which is what I have been saying since the start, that not having actual coaches is a huge problem. Um, so that's one report out of Pat's camp. Uh, Roquan Smith in Chicago asked for a trade. That's big news. Um, I'm trying to think of other training camp stories, but we need to start with the Pats thing. Tucker, are you concerned about the Patriots? Um, not yet. I think they're still getting into a rhythm. They had a lot of changes this year in a lot of different places. So, I mean, right now I think it's all about learning the new system. I think it's a learning curve. You know, so I do think, you know, you have a second-year QB learning a new offense. With a lot of receivers that, I mean, two of his, what, Devontae Parker and Tyquan Thornton are also learning the Patriots offense as well as the other guys learning a new offense. So I think there's a lot uh, to learn right now. I definitely, I mean, no What's one on up, that boys? receiving core. There's <laughs> Cam. Hey, Cam, how are you? Hello, friends. I'm here. I know everyone listening is bored out of their mind awaiting my appearance, but here I am. I have made it. Just got off a flight from Palm Beach, Florida to Philadelphia. I just got into my room. I got a king-size bed. I got a little living room area. Um, on the flight, I may or may not have hit on the male uh, stewardess. Steward, the guy, it was a dude, it was a man, um, and he gave me uh, seven, seven free nips. So we are ready for Wasted Takes. We are excited. Uh, we are live from Philadelphia. Never been here, don't want to. Gonna go burn down the rock <laughs> statue. Let's go. What do I miss? What do I need to do? What do you need from me? All right, what an entrance, Cam. Uh, we were just uh, getting into some. That's a halftime. That's a halftime. There, it, it's that's a good one. I mean, that's an all-time moment in that show. This show right here. Um, 
we're getting into NFL training camp talk, talking about the Pats. Uh, things have been not going well for them, but uh, we went through our ways to takes. Uh, if we want to recap those real quick, mine yeah, was. Yeah, then I'll get mine. All right, mine was that the Bruins are going to miss the playoffs because they brought back two old guys, Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. I know you don't have much to say about that. Uh, Dylan. Ah, uh, Boston take, yeah. Dylan? Um, mine was uh, short, sweet, mellow. I had a winner with him when last time I took it, made a take about a year ago. Uh, this year, it's he's going back to the Knicks. That's the take. Tiger? Uh, mine was that the sorry, I'm trying to think the Browns are now cursed due to the trade and they won't win another playoff game for another seventeen years again. I love that one. Well that was that was that was more you said the the suspension appeal being changed from six games to a year by Goodell is gonna cost the curse. No, yeah. I didn't say that was going to cause the curse. He said it's going to happen we, as a result. Of the curse. That was just an added fact. Oh, I thought that was what we were arguing about. <laughs> no. Anyways, uh, Cam, feel free to respond to any of those, and then you can go into uh, yours. No response. Trey, Boston take, sick, awesome. Dylan, didn't really understand what your actual take was. Tucker, I like Her it. Hermelo to the uh, Knicks. Thank you. Hermelo to the Knicks. Sure. Um, my take, here we go. Let's Fired up. I'm an uncle. Let's go ahead and uh, I'm uh, I'm gonna shout myself out there. I am the Godfather. I am an uncle. You come to me on the day that my daughter is to be married, asking me for a favor. Um, I am Marlon Brando. Anyway, my take: Matt Stafford. There's been some rumors that he has a elbow injury, and also rumors that it's a Tommy John-like situation. It's my take. Matt Stafford, never playing another game in the NFL. He's not playing anymore. He won his ring. He's got a good-looking wife. He disregarded a fan falling off the stage. That's a side note. He is not gonna, not going to risk this injury affecting his career. He's done what he needed to do. Matt Stafford, never playing again. Goodbye. Uh, Stafford's a football guy. He played in Detroit for most of his career. He's Detroit tough. Uh, I think a little injury is not going to bother him. Also, football players are stupid. Everybody knows it. Um, he's going to go and just throw until his arm doesn't work anymore. I, I think he's got two more seasons in him at least. At least two seasons. Bill? Um, well, he signed a $160 million contract, including a six. 60 million signing bonus. So he's got an average salary of 12 million total guarantees, 50 million. So he'll come out of this with, doesn't matter, with 100 million if he doesn't play again. He might call it quit scam. Yeah, uh, okay, yes. So, on the other way. Here's the thing with football, like, not of it, like, it's like, play the game based mostly, but $100 million in the back pocket. Uh, already got the ring. I could see it happening. Uh, if he gets the surgery, if it is Tommy John, he's out for a whole year. Uh, the question is, does he come back and give it a go? 
Honestly, I think he would give it a go, but I don't know if he would, you know, play much after he gives it a go if it's like really a problem. But you might be onto something, Cam. I think I'm going to disagree, but barely because I think he would try. Tugger? Um, um, no, I don't think he's retiring. He loves football too much. He's like such a like he's still Detroit tough. You have to think about. All right, Cam, no takers. Uh, no, sorry, I miss I missed what you said. There was somebody in the hallway who was talking. What would you say? Tucker oh, said no. I say he's Detroit tough. Yeah, he's Detroit tough, but he's also going to make money regardless and already won a ring, and there's no reason for him to continue if be risking his livelihood. I don't know. I don't see with him. He's just trying to get to the Hall of Fame. He's a few more years. Real quick, speaking of Detroit tough, I uh, I didn't see it, but I heard something about Dan Campbell crying. Yeah. He's awesome. Uh, well, but we were going to talk Hard Knocks oh. next, so we can cover that. All right. Um, yeah, that's the end of the day. All right. Um, Tucker, you were, you're not concerned about the Patriots, you said? Too no. early? Dylan, do you have any concerns here in that they, they suck on offense? I mean, I don't think a couple of weeks of official preseason practice or whatever it is is really going to, uh, you know, show too, too much. I mean, I do think there's reason for concern with the team, though. I mean, they could finish fourth in the division. It's very much in the realm of possibility. I put them at third in the division, though. Uh, barely. Uh, so Cam. I have concerns all around, but not because of the past week. Cam, any, any stories out of training camp you're keeping an eye on? Anything out of the Giants camp? Yeah, there was a big brawl. Um, Classic. Yeah, I think it was just a random old line coach and some nobodies. But I kind of like it. I'll, I'll, I'll flip it and I'll say that I like it. I like the intensity. I like that people are, are at least doing something for a purpose. Um, so that's the only update that I really have. I haven't really heard anything else of anyone do it. Oh, I heard Daniel Jones is really bad. So, that's cool. Um, but yeah, other than that, I like the fights. Everybody needs to get physical. At least start playing with some, you know, some fire. So, I'm fine with it. But Daniel Jones pretty bad, I heard, still. And it's unfortunate. Um... I also have a guest here, uh, one of my work friends, that he might come in a little bit later if he comes up with the ways to take. Um, but that's just also a side note. All right. We'd be happy to have him. Um, there's Rokon Smith. Does, any, does anybody have any thoughts on that? I think the Patriots should go get him, obviously. Uh, do you know who that is, Dill? I saw a headline. There was a bunch of headlines. Yeah, he's, a, he's a Bears linebacker. Uh, they're saying Baltimore, uh, Denver, or New England. He, he so. just wants out. Yeah, he said he feels disrespected okay. by the franchise. So that's what. I don't know, we'll I'll see. take him. We'll take anybody. Yeah, we'll take anybody. Um, all right, 
let's move on to the next thing, Hard Knocks. So, Dylan, I assume you did not watch Hard Knocks. Tucker watched most of it. I watched it. Uh, Cam, did you watch Hard Knocks or see any highlights? No, I didn't watch any of it. All I heard was Dan Campbell cried, which shows he's passionate, but I know you, you hate him big. Okay, like, yeah. I mean, so... Muscle. My, I, yeah, I, yeah. I like it. I think... Go ahead. Sorry. No, no problem. Um... Yeah, my biggest takeaway from watching the episode is I figured out it's not musclehead. That's a that's a tough term to use. He seems like a high school coach, right? So like if you're a coach, if you're a football coach and you're kind of a hardo and you're like the strength and conditioning guy, I think you belong in like high school, right? I think there's levels to coaching. High school is like the musclehead, crazy, calling his players weird things, stuff like that. Which is Dan Dan Campbell. Then you have the college coach who is kind of weird because he recruits and like not maybe not as professional, um, but still like not that musclehead guy, kind of a calmer demeanor, maybe a little more nerdy. And then NFL head coach to be success, I think you have to be pretty serious and take your job really seriously and not mess around. Dan Campbell was doing up downs with the team instead of maybe watching the conditioning is one one uh, takeaway that an announcer had that I actually agreed with. Um, you know, he's, he's barking, running around. He's got his coaches basically ready to fist fight each other during practice, which was awesome, but definitely not the best way to run a team. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like this team's going to suck, man, from watching this. My biggest highlight was the rookie songs and dances. Uh, you see it every year on hard knocks. Aiden Hutchinson got up there, did Billy Jean, screwed it up, but you know, the, the crowd went wild. He did a great job though. He did. He did. He recovered. He started bad. He performed and he it. Yeah, it was, it was good. Um, that was my biggest takeaway. I'm excited to see the, the biggest moment. I think the most the most like heartfelt moment was Jamal Williams, one of the running backs, like was like, if you think you want like everybody, nobody wanted to hit. And Dan Campbell wanted them all to hit another maybe bad coaching thing to have them going fully live on the first day with pads on. Um but he's like, if you want to give up, like, just think of our record and starts crying and freaking out. So that was the most passion I saw out of out of uh, a player in a long time. So that was cool to see. Uh, Tucker, your takeaways? Yeah, well, I want to combat a couple of things you said. First off, him doing up-downs with the team, they're saying, well, we're up there not doing conditioning. And I think that it's basically um, – a condition he's put into his head that, like, into his team's head that, like, hey, we're all working our ass off here. Like, I think that no one would take his up-down soft because why? Because my coach is out here. I'm not going to get beat by my coach. And he's working his ass off. You know, I just, I love the passion I see, not just from him, but from the team. Like, Jam- Jamal Williams crying during his thing. I mean, that team has fight. They have that dog in them, and I love it. I thought it was awesome. Um, Billy Jean, great performance. Aiden Hutchinson's just an all-around awesome person. Like, and on top of, like, his sister also being extremely hot. Um, he is just cool. Like, he's, I mean, his performance with Billie Jean was just a good performance. They had the whole crowd going. I just, I think it's fun. I think they play hard and, you know, they're going to bite your kneecaps off. And I think that's the vibe that that team gives off now. It's not just the coach. He's instilling it in his players. And that's not a team that's going to be, you have to worry about not taking it all out on up-downs because 
if you're not taking all up downs, you shouldn't be on the Detroit Lions. Like at the end of the day, this isn't a team with superstars. This is a team with a bunch of dogs, and that's what they're instilling in them. Um, yeah, that, that's the, that's the thing that I'll say. Obviously, I didn't watch. Like Andre said, I didn't even know it was happening. Um, but if your team is so bad, you got to find some way. If the way is riling the boys up because you got a psychopath coach, you know, makes the team. He's a little the bit better. perfect coach for the Detroit Lions. That's what I'm saying. He's not the perfect coach for you know some other team. A Super Bowl contender? No, 100. percent but he's a good coach for this team right now. So his team's and, never going to be a Super Bowl contender. Well, that's the thing. He might no, be able. No, he builds them. He might be. And then gets fired. That means yeah, he's a bad he coach. Might, he might build this team out of the mud and get some respect on their name to get some more people there, and then at some point it'll be his time to move on because I don't think his, he's no longer needed because the coaching Scott style can only reach. A certain level. No, because I think Vrabel is also that that the type of dude. That's like the Brian Flores gets fired because he's too good. I don't think I don't think Vrabel and him are the same type of guy. Um. All right, Cam's dropping at the bit. He has a guest in studio for a take. Uh, go ahead, Cam. All right. So as I mentioned before, I'm in Philadelphia. I'm on a work trip right now. I got one of my friends. We talk about sports often. He's listening. Uh, we got a take for the Saints fan. He's going to give a little homebody take right now, but I'll, I'll get to it. My take is going to be that uh, Michael Thomas returns and leads the league in receptions this year after two years off. Uh, With Jameis Winston at quarterback? Yeah. Check down machine. There's 10 and outs. Yeah, so what's your name, man? My name is Alex. Welcome, welcome to the show, Alex. Guests uh, have not have a good, had a good history. <laughs> so, are you you're from New Orleans, some, that area? No, I'm from outside of Philadelphia, but um, Saints fan because of uh, Reggie Bush back in the day. Gotcha. I've uh, been a Saints fan since. But uh, I think that, you know, working off the slams and all those little dig grabs, I think that uh, that's what the Saints need. And I think that Jameis Winston, they're trying to keep him conservative trying to keep him from throwing the ball down the field, keep everything low. And I think that's right up Michael Thomas's alley. I mean, he is definitely a yards after catch kind of guy, like a short route kind of guy. I think that was a big takeaway from him uh, a few years ago. People were saying that, oh, he can't, he can't catch anything deep. doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't know about, I don't know about Jameis. That's my concern. I think Jameis is not good. I think he can't see. I think he does weird workouts uh, with people hitting him with towels and stuff. Uh, I just don't see him having a big season, like, and a big enough season to propel Mike to the top of the receptions list. I the only see- thing that I think is that the scheme helps. Um, I think that the scheme that they have between him and Kamara and all that type of stuff. It's definitely a short uh, passing scheme. Yeah, you're right. It's definitely going to be a short passing scheme. I mean, it, it would. It would be surpri- I think it would be surprising if it happened, but I don't think it's totally out of the realm of possibility. I think you're onto something there. The, the scheme definitely is, especially for Jameis, is going to be get it out quick, uh, let let the guys work. Uh, Dell, you, you were saying something? Yeah. So two the two things I think that need to happen for this to happen would be yes, Jameis Winston's got to be 
you know, pinpoint accuracy guy for all those short routes, which, you know, maybe could happen. You never know. Um, and, and, you know, Michael Thomas got to stay healthy, had another surgery on that ankle. Uh, I think that's two in the past 12 months. So they said he's going to be healthy, but he's got to stay healthy. So say again, Cam. He didn't have surgery on his hands. Still catch it. That's true. That's, that's true. true. Yeah. Um, uh, way to spin it. Um, and, you know, the one thing I'd say that's in his favor, you know, going back to the Saints, um, you know, a little rejuvenation, get back to the roots. Uh, I think that could bode well for him. Um, you know, that happens to some guys. You know, you see that in other sports. So, you know, I like Alex. Never met you. Didn't know your name when you started talking. Now I do. I'll agree with you. Uh, Cam, you said guest takes don't do well. Don't forget uh, Al's take. Big All right, besides Al, you're very, very correct there. But I'm thinking Brooke, who said the Cowboy was going to knock out McGregor bad early. Bad. Couldn't even hear him. Early was like, Patriots are good. That's my take. Yep. <laughs> I don't really remember. John John is supposed to come on at some point. Ben said Giannis is going to the heat. Wrong. Didn't, didn't happen. Uh, Connor said something once. Connor said gay things yeah. about play sports. Uh, what did uh, Linnea said? Hockey players are the biggest drinkers. That was her big race to take, right? Yeah. I mean, that one's not really provable, but all right. Well, well, thank you for coming on, Alex. We appreciate it. My man, thank you for having me, guys. Anytime. Um, all right, let's move on to the last thing we'll just touch on briefly, the Wiffle Ball Tournament recap. Uh, obviously, we talked about, we were said we were going to break it down last week. We got caught up in it, didn't break it down. Um, but another great tournament. I think it was a little more uh, balanced this year with without the Melonheads out there, absolutely destroying everybody. It was uh, just an elite team. Obviously, some big trades happened. Big trades happened all over the tournament. A lot of new new phases out there, a lot of new teams. Um, Dylan and I, of course, able to come out on top. Uh, Dill with an MVP performance. Uh, that was big news for him. Uh, first one in his career, which is unbelievable. Um, Dill getting the sixth ring, the most in the tournament history, I believe. That's got to be correct. Um, yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, so... Uh, I think uh, the, the big story with me this year was trying to get back out on the mound. Uh, did it for three games in the regular season, threw two scoreless in the first, and then let up about 40 runs in the uh, second two games combined. So not uh, my my best year on the mound at the plate. I turned it around. Uh, I'm, I'm going to announce on this podcast right now that I have no intention of pitching ever again this time. Um, so I will be a full-time DH. I'll try to become the greatest DH in the history of this tournament. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Dale, you got anything to add to, to our run? Um, you know, the thing, I, I was not expecting us to um, win the championship really at all. Um, we were one and two going into tournament play. Uh, I woke up Saturday morning feeling confident, though. I sent a book to the team to rile up the boys and give some some pointers. Uh, the one thing I'll say is that it was nice how uh, receptive you, Trey, uh, 
Ben and Chris, our other two teammates, were to a lot of the, the pointers I was giving out because um, there's a lot of strategy to it that I think people, you know, because it's just for fun. But if you're really trying to win, there's, there's strategy to anything that you play. So um, I appreciate, you know, you know, at least listening to what I have to say when it comes to stuff like that. Um, I'm just I'm just waiting for someone to challenge me enough to lose. That's it. That's exactly. all it's got to be. I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to try every 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 year. Um, I'm not going to be upset when I lose, but someone's got to make it happen. I, I definitely feel like I understand. Tucker's doing his muted thing again. Uh, I definitely understand the game mm-hmm. a little better uh, now, having, having played with you. I, I think I got a better understanding of how each game works and how tournament works. And uh, since they're not here, Ben and Chris also had phenomenal tournaments on yes. both sides of the ball. So I just want to shout them out. Tucker, obviously it didn't work out for you guys. You had a similar start to us, rough regular season. Uh, glad we were able to play each other. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned that. We knocked the uh, Tucker-led team out of the tournament. Um, not, the, not the finish you guys wanted. Uh, obviously some turmoil in the team. You guys just got your jerseys today uh, for the tournament. Uh, Tucker, your thoughts coming off your first tournament outside of the, the GOATs? Um. It was different. Definitely a different vibe. Um, vibes were lower at times, I won't lie. Um, definitely some hostility. Not, I didn't really have any of it come towards me. But definitely you had a good tournament. There. Yeah, I had a good tournament. Um, can't really complain. Uh, but, you know, some problems happened. Um, we'll see if the team gets back together next year. It's not looking positive as of right now. Tucker uh, may be a free agent. Might, might be. I'm not gonna call myself a free agent because that implies the team's Trevor's. Okay. You're the weakest link. Oh, whoa, whoa, just... whoa, whoa, whoa! Cam coming out of left field with a comment. Maybe Cam will show up next year for the tournament. Maybe I'll have to recruit him onto the team. You never know. Uh, Fair enough. Cam, those are bold words to t- call Tucker the, the weakest link. So here's my uh, backing. The Goats, Trey McNinch, Ben Herrick, Chris Apanella, all those players were on the team that won this year. One missing was Tucker. You win without Tucker. Is it Dylan is that good or Tucker was that bad? I think it's Dylan is that good, to be I honest. I really think Dylan's just really good. Yeah, no, I mean, I was the only one to say that the week, the uh, common theme was me. I got some disagreement. I, I, I think it's definitely a combination of the two. I think I don't even think that was so, I think because I, I, uh, I got an inside scoop on it. I was, I was talking to some players on the other team. I talked to, uh, well, on your team, I guess, Ben. Um, uh, I talked to Bailey on the other team, and he was telling me some, some insight. There was no negative comments on you. There were some players where, uh, you know, it, it didn't work out. And I'm not going to say that on uh, a quoted line here. But, um, yeah, no, I don't I actually think that. I, I think Dylan's just very good. I think I think you take any of the three of us off, and or four of us off, and replace us with Dylan. That team's still... Dude does well. So, so I think Dylan needs to find a new challenge. Is Dylan going to? Uh, he's been on four I don't know. Teams. What do you want him to do? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, don't know. I think he needs to go back to the Dreamers. 
The only team that's one on. We're the only I, Dawn's ever won with the Dreamers. So when I was with the Dreamers those two years, try, that was the goal, was trying to get Tom uh, a championship. Um, Back broke. I Trevor's team knocked us out. I forget which year. We knocked you out. We knocked you out one year. It was the one when Cam was is in it. I could. Rem- I don't remember which year it was. Yep. We knocked but you out one year. In. I was all set again to play on that team again. Um, COVID yeah. year, and then it and no, then, no, and then no. we canceled. And then Tom came to me and said, "You know, you don't have to play on our team if you don't want to." And I was like, "No, I'll play." And then, and then he, he he doubled down and and was like. No, like you should go play with your friends, and I was like, okay, I will. So, I mean, but yeah. I, I, if going back, going back and playing, playing with them would be would still be fun. You know, it's a fun tournament. Yeah, yeah. Really I mean, yeah, it's better when you yeah, play. I with... genuinely think as long as the vibes are good, I can play with any team in the tournament. I think you want to play with your friends, though. I think that's like yeah, like... no, there's definitely like it definitely is more fun playing with your friends, but. I think the tournament's just fun, and you kind of get to be around everyone, so it's always a good time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And Cam, you said you you technically have a ring yep. as the manager. Yep. I mean... I was the manager of the Melonheads. Are you the manager of the Tropics? No. Absolutely no Since when? Because during the tournament, you said you were. Nope, nope, nope. And here, here's the reason, because the Melonheads created... I was added to the initial group chat. They added me to the group chat because they wanted me to be a part of it because I created the bench warmers. I ordered all the jerseys for everybody. I was a part of that. And then the melon heads happened. And I told them, hey, sorry, I'm not going to be able to make it. I live in Florida. It's really just not going to be worth it for me to fly up there and, and, and play in the tournament. So they still added me to the group chat. They kept me in there, kept me updated. And then they won. And I was the manager. I was giving them advice. I was... Uh, Reviewing film, I did a lot for that too. So uh, I'm I'm taking that ring too. Well, you can call yourself a manager if you want on that team. You weren't in attendance. We uh we actually had a real manager this year, Shadow Carl Zurn, who kept the vibes high, kept the team focused. Uh, Shadow Carl also rookie of the year though. Yes, you were rookie of the year. All right, let's move on to list guys. Uh, quickly, things to do on a flight. I think is what we landed on. Uh, Cam's fresh off a flight, so uh, he suggested this. I suggested. No, I thought you said things to do on an airport. I did, but Cam overran me. Uh, he said he wanted to do flight. I'm fine with doing that. Um, no, I can do. I just the reason was I think there's I do like there's more things to do on a flight than I actually heavily disagree since considering you're seated too, the entire too, time. Okay. But yeah, we'll just run with it. Um, okay, I can do. I can do airport. No, we're doing flight. We're doing flight. We're doing flight. We're doing flight. Okay. We're doing flight. Uh, I'm gonna go off the top of my head first thing, and I'm gonna say number five is drink. Now I know this is probably gonna be higher on some people's lists. I'm not a big airplane drinker. A, it's expensive. B, getting out of there a lot of times is a pain, and I don't really want to be drunk for it. I want to be able to get to my hotel and still kind of be understood like what's going on and. Maybe have a night if, if I'm getting in there earlier. Um, you know, if I'm going to a family's home and I want to show up uh, drunk, I haven't gone on a, on a business trip like Cam, so I, I can't say 
uh, that situation. But personally, not a big airport drinker. I mean, uh, not airport or uh, plane drinker. Um, mostly because it's, it's a little too expensive for my taste. I don't, I don't want to pay that much for not a lot of alcohol. I, I have drank. I have gotten drunk on an airplane before. Uh, it's not my favorite thing. So it's going to be my number five. Uh, Dylan? Okay, I just put down five ideas here. Let me see which one's the worst. Um, yeah, okay, number five for me, um, things to do on a plane is actually something I don't do on a plane. I, I don't put my phone in airplane mode. I never will. Never oh, no. That's number five for me. Um, they always tell you to, like, put the phone away. I don't put it away. Take, put, it on, put it on airplane mode. Ain't going to happen. I'm using that Wi-Fi or LTE as long as I can until we get above the signal, which doesn't, I don't really understand why that doesn't still work in the plane when you're up there. But anyway, uh, yeah, definitely not putting it in airplane mode. Number five. Tucker? My number five is read a book. I've only done this. It's just the one, I don't read a book ever. Nerd. But I've had a couple times. I go into the airport. You know, I'm just, I like see a cool book in the store there. I'm like, screw it. Maybe I'll read. I'll read like 30 pages of the book, you know, never pick it up again after that flight. But, you know, it's the thought that counts. Um, Cameron, five. My number five is going to be Sudoku. And that is how you pronounce it. Tucker, I feel like you pronounce it wrong. Sudoku. Nope, wrong. Sudoku. Yeah, Sudoku. It, it, anyway, that's what it is. Sudoku, um, this stems from the magazines that they give you in the back of the seats. They always have, like, the Sudoku. Sometimes they're, like, half-filled out. But I would always do those um, as a kid, and every once in a while I'll do them as an adult. Um, all right. My number four is going to be nap. Uh, or sleep depends. Like the, the act of sleeping, I consider it a nap because you're waking up. Um, I don't know how long of flights you guys have gone on. My longest ones have been to California several times. Um, those are long flights. I don't really look forward to those flights. I don't mind flying somewhere like Florida or DC or something like that where it's just a short hop, skip, and a jump. Uh, across the country, it's a long flight. It's a long time to be kind of locked down in that plane. Uh, as much sleep as I can get on those flights, I take. Um, you know, I've taken a lot of late night flights too. always want to sleep on those, get them over with best flight of my life. Tucker, I don't know if you remember it. Um, in like sixth grade, we went down to Washington DC for a funeral, got there the day of the funeral, went to the funeral, got on the plane and came back. I slept from the time we took off, like on the, we were on the tarmac. I fell asleep, woke up when we landed in Boston, um, or Hartford or wherever the hell we went. Um, that was fantastic. Um, I, I just, I've grown a lot less excited with the novelty of flying the more I've done it over the years. And as much as I can sleep, I'll take it. So now it's going to be my number four. Uh, Bill? Sleep didn't make my list because I've really only done it maybe once. And it was the same thing, Trey, from like all the way to DC. It's like a 50 minute flight. Fell asleep for the whole 50 minutes. It felt like we just took off. It was fantastic. But don't do it often. Didn't take my list, make my list. Uh, number four for me is uh, watching a movie that you said you wanted to watch but never had the time to or just never really got to it. So, you know, I always 
like to watch a movie on the plane, and it's always one that, yeah, you just like, I should watch this movie. So number four is watch a movie. My number four is also watch a movie. It's always fun because there's usually at least one movie in flight that you're like, oh, I wanted to watch that. And, you know, you have no excuse not to. So exactly. number four, watch a movie. I also have movie as my number four. Wow. Um, and the reason why I usually don't watch movies, but I've been on a couple of, like, long flights, especially JetBlue. It just, uh, it makes the time go by faster when I flew over to Europe. It was like an eight-hour flight, an half-hour flight, watched three movies, made it go by fast. Um, and yeah, like you said, you know, you watch movies that maybe you've never seen before. For example, the Kurt Warner movie is one of, one of the ones that was on one of my JetBlue flights. I watched that. Good movie. Um, all right. My number three is going to be go to the bathroom. Airplane bathrooms fascinate me. I love them. Uh, being so, you know, a tiny little compact area, think about what happens to it after you flush. You, you never really know. Uh, the rumor has it they kind of just drop it out of the plane. I doubt that's true. Um, I don't know enough about aviation. Um, I don't know. Something about going to the bathroom on a plane is cool. I, and it feels like I always have to go to the bathroom on the plane. I, you know, on a long flight, I always feel weird uh, getting up to use it multiple times. Uh, sometimes on a short flight, you know, I'll get in there. We'll take off. I'll be like, I got to pee. I'll go pee. And then by the time we're getting close to depart to, uh, you know, coming down to land, I'm like, I can pee again. Is it weird that I have to pee again? And people are going to think I'm weird because I'm peeing twice in a two and a half hour flight. Um, but I don't know. I just like going to the bathroom. The, the, the toilet flush is cool. You know, sometimes you get turbulence. It's a little exciting in there. Um, I love going to the bathroom on planes. So that's going to be my number three. Dale? Number three for me, Trey. Fantastic. Also, go to the bathroom. Uh, Hell yeah. Like you said, it is a little fascinating uh, getting in that tiny little room. I like the way the door is made, the way like it like pulls in on itself. You like don't know exactly. Do I have to pull it? Do I push it? But it just magically always folds, and it's like oh, it's out of the way again. Uh, anyway, um, like you said, the toilet flushing is always exciting. Um, it it always tells you to uh, uh, to sit, never sit, always pee standing, try to get it in the hole. That's more fun when the turbulence comes. You got to, you know, brace yourself, work your magic and make sure you get all that pee down in the hole. Uh, yeah, definitely going to the bathroom. Number three, plus you can stretch the legs. Um, Must have. Yeah. Uh, Tucker. My number three is, sorry, need to get my list. It's taking that. Um, awesome. When you just get off flight and then you can just nap for a good portion of it. I've only had a few really long ones. I've gone to the islands a couple times, and those ones are kind of long, so it's always nice when, like, you know, you get a little bit of sleep, especially if it's, like, an overnight flight or something like that. Get some sleep to get you ready for the next day because vacations only last so long. Every minute you're awake on a flight is one less minute you're awake on an island. It's an interesting mentality. I love it. Uh, Cam. All right, so before I give mine, Maybe going to the bathroom, maybe would have been on my list. But after what happened on my flight today, no way. So just for the, the viewers out there, I'm going to explain what happened to me today. We get on the flight. I was the last one to board the flight. I was a little bit late, um, lagging along, whatever. Before I even buckled in, like out of my seat, I was like, all right, I got to go to the bathroom. I get to the bathroom. I had to uh, 
go number two. Oh, boy. And I sit down, and you will not believe this. As I sit down, there's an announcement over the loudspeaker from the captain of the plane in the cockpit saying, we are prepared and ready for takeoff. We are just waiting for the one passenger in the bathroom. And that's me. That's and very tough. I, I'm just like, there's no way that, that that's real. So I immediately get up before I you know, do my business. I get up. I start pulling up my pants. 30 seconds later, as I'm, I'm still in there, I'm just trying to get myself together. He goes, we, um, we are ready to, you know, we, we really do not want to hold up this plane, but there's <laughs> one passenger in the bathroom that they're waiting on, and we cannot read the safety instructions or go to the uh, tarmac until the passenger leaves the bathroom. And I'm like, there's no, like, it's me. Like, I know it's me. I'm in the bathroom, <laughs> and I didn't know I was doing anything wrong. I come out of the bathroom. And everyone's looking at me, so I decided to embrace it, and I go, I, I, I screamed very loudly among the whole entire plane that, oh, you're not going to let me take it, whatever. Um, so I had a bad experience in the bathroom. Um, I do like the flush. Don't know where it goes, though. I always like to imagine that it just drops. Me Somebody too. Me too. It's, going, it, it's too loud. Anyway, so my like, number two is going to be probably not on anyone's list. Crossword puzzles. Um, I, I have you're on three. I have. He said three. So, so my Sudoku thing in the magazines or whatever that are in the back of the seats. They also have a crossword, and I always do those. If they don't have those, then I have an app on my phone where I have a hundred, two hundred different crosswords that I can do. And that's kind of my plane thing. I don't do them any other time. I was with one of my friends on the flight today, and we were doing a crossword together, and we solved the whole entire thing. I was excited about it. Just a plane thing. Uh, nowhere else. But, uh, yeah, it's my number three. No bad. So, <laughs> that's tough. Well, I, need, I need to know what you said to the plane. I'll tell you. Uh, my number two is going to be television. Uh, mostly Netflix or some other streaming service. Like I said, I've been on some long flights. I've gone through entire seasons of television on flights, just like eight hours of television. Um, if you're behind on a show, you want to catch up on it, uh, watch the TV. Um, if you're using the TV on the, uh, if you're using the TV on the little seat there, uh, you can, uh, you know, get, get something you don't normally watch, throw on some ESPN. That's what I used to do when I was a kid. Just throw on ESPN and watch that. So uh, TV is going to be my number two. Dill? Um, number two for me, ordering a ginger ale. Yep, that's number two. Uh, don't drink a lot of soda. Every once in a while I will, especially a mixed drink, something like that. But when I'm on a plane, I need that ginger ale, and I might need two of them. Uh, it's always ginger ale. It's never another type. For some reason, it just hits the spot. Ginger ale, a little bit of ice in that cup. Always pour it in the cup. Never drink it out of the can. Um, yeah, ginger ale. Ginger ale is just not something you do on a plane. It's a drink. But I, I drink it on the plane. <laughs> okay. Always. And I don't drink it elsewhere. I love ginger ale. Yeah. Uh, Tucker? I, I'll, get, I'll, I'll get to that, Dylan. I'll, I'll back you up in a second when Tucker goes Tucker? Um, 
My second is drinking. Uh, drinking's fun. I don't really get drunk on a plane, but a few drinks during your flight always a good feeling. You know, keeps you peppy during a flight. I enjoy it. Um, but yeah, number two is drinking. Not much more about it. Yeah. Yeah. So just to touch on Dylan's thing, you are absolutely right, and I have had multiple people uh, say the same thing. Ginger ale. Only time I will drink it is on a plane. Um, and it's not on my list. It's not what I'm going to say, but I will back you up. Ginger ale is, is just a, a go-to on the plane. I don't know why, but it's a very well-known thing. Trey, you're an idiot. Anyway, my number two is going to be drinking. Um, and another story about my flight. I had a great flight tonight. It was a crazy one. See, we only have uh, so long of a show. Just, dude, no one listens. Um, anyway, uh, uh, real quick, I, I, on my flight today, I wasn't really going to uh, order any drinks or anything like that, but I made friends with the steward. His name was Kenneth. I called him Kenny, and he is my good friend now. He lives in Albany, um, and he gave me seven nips for free. Did not charge me anything. Um, so he's a nice guy. Anyway, drinking is, is very fun. Um, on a plane, the way back, a little bit different. The reason I wanted to do, uh, activities or things you do on the plane is because I, I, I love drinking in the airport, but the last time I, I was in the airport and did that, I spent like almost a hundred dollars. It's very expensive. Um, yeah, I, I, it's it's a way there type of thing. Like you're excited to get to your destination. You want to have a little buzz going. Um, way back, maybe not so much. That's why it's not number one. Uh, my number one is going to be movies. I know you guys had this much higher on your list. Um, you're 100% right. It is a time to watch movies that you've been meaning to see that you haven't seen. Uh, I watched Shape of Water on a plane once. I really liked it. That was the one about the lady who bangs the sea monster. That was a cool one. Oh. Um, I'm trying to think. I haven't flown in a while and watched films. But I, I, I love movies. There's always movies I want to see that I don't get a chance to see. They seem to always be playing on the airplane. And if not, you pull up a streaming, like I said, and, and watch a movie there. So it's just a great way to kill time. Great way to just kind of lock into something so you're not worried about the fat person next to you bumping into your seat. Um yeah, I love movies on a plane. Always a go-to. Maybe not certain movies, say Flight, something like that. Um, but I, I always enjoy watching movies on a plane. That's going to be my number one. That's always my go-to. Dill? Uh, before I share number one, a couple honorable mentions. One is getting hit by the cart as it goes by if I'm on the aisle seat because my legs are too long. Number two, putting the seat back just a little bit, a respectable amount back. I go full much. Uh, don't want to go into the guy, guy's knees behind me, but uh, definitely got to give, can't, can't be too upright. Don't want to get too stiff. Um, uh, and the third one is thinking about how I would much rather be on the ground the whole time. But uh, number one for me is uh, shaking the captain's hand at the end of the flight. I'm one of those guys. If he's out there willing, I'll put my hand out and say thank you. Uh, so there's that. I hate flying. Don't, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know if I hate it. I just, Again, rather be on the ground. Don't love it. 
happy to get on the ground, willing to shake the captain's hand because I would shit my pants if that was me in the cockpit. Very, very respectable, Bill. Uh, Tucker. Now, my number one's going to feel like a psychopath move, but it's talk to the person next to you. Oh, I hate that. Now, let me explain. When I was 10 years old, I was on a flight oh, from yeah. Boston or somewhere to Fort Myers. I was decked out in Red Sox gear, excited to go to the Red, Red Sox uh, preseason. No, I was going to Tampa for a three-game series against the Rays. And the guy next to me started chatting me up, 11-year-old me, like, oh, you like baseball, who's a fan player, all this stuff. We chat all flight. I'm a little kid. He's like an older guy. Guy turns out to be the GM for the Philadelphia Phillies, Pat Gillick. This is when the Phillies were good. Jimmy Rollins, Ryan Howard. I freaked out. Like, he started writing me after I got off the flight. Like, would send me letters. Send me autographed baseballs. Remembered all the guys I said were my favorite players. Every time the Phillies played the Red Sox, I'd get a baseball. It was like, hey, I know you said you love Jason Veritek. Here's a ball. I know you said you love Coco Chris. Here's a ball. And then he asked me if there's anyone else I love. I think I said Manny Ramirez or someone. I don't remember at the time, but um, he's like, "Hey, I'm sorry, I couldn't get the, I couldn't get Manny today. Uh, he wasn't there for the. He didn't travel with the team or something. So here's Jimmy Rollins and Ryan Howard. He ended up calling my dad's restaurant the day before during the World Series to see if he could talk, like just to talk to me." Because my dad gave him his business card. And, like, just the coolest experience of my life that, like, this MLB GM, like, during the World Series still remembered me. Like, it was just a surreal. So that will always be my number one because that's my all-time favorite airport experience. And there will never be anything that will come close. Now, Tucker, I don't want to diminish your childhood fantasies, but it seems uh, a, a bit pedo to me. Just a little bit. I think you're just, just, I mean, just a little bit. I mean, not really. Could, like, could be a good guy. Could be something very, else going on there. What was the wait? What was the actual answer? Uh, talking to the person next to you. Ah, uh, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, just all time coolest experience of my entire life. Dude, like, <laughs> at least airport wise, but like, just Billy's used to be like in re- unreal roster. Yeah, no, I mean, like, that team was awesome, and, like, they'll be my favorite, they'll be my second favorite team for my entire life because of my experience. Cole Hamels was on that team. Cole Hamels. Jimmy Rollins and Ryan Howard and Chase Utley. Ryan Howard. Chase Utley. Like, that's an all-time infield. Ryan Howard at first, Chase Utley at second, Jimmy Rollins at short. They had Shane Victorino at one point, I'm pretty sure, too. Uh, Cam, number one. Yeah, Trey, relax, bro. It's 11-11. Make a wish. Um, yeah, I'm in Philadelphia right now, so that's pretty cool, man. Um, just to touch on that real quick before I get my number one, um, honorable mention, also talking to the person next to you, what I used to do um, is the magazines in the back of the seat. They used to have the crosswords. I already mentioned that. They used to have the answers on a different page. And I used to pretend that I was a savant when I was like eight years old. And I convinced this one lady that I was like a genius and I could 
and I finished the whole crossword puzzle and she was like freaking out and like told my parents like you need to like make sure he goes to like a certain school and like yeah anyway um my number one is going to be sleeping I didn't really used to be a, a sleep on the plane guy but when I studied abroad in college I was taking a lot of flights and I kind of had to learn to just like sleep and now I can pretty much fall asleep on a flight like easily. And going off my last answer of drinking, on the way there, you like to drink and be excited. On the way back, sleep time. It, the whole entire flight, I am not scared of flights. I don't believe in planes. I don't think they're real. I don't think that flying is real. I don't know how it works. doesn't make sense to me. doesn't make sense. Uh, ways to take. But, uh, yeah, napping on a plane. Always a great time. Don't care about turbulence. If I'm gonna, you know, if we crash, whatever. I'll, if I die, you know, I, I, I won't know. Kind of deep. Anyway, sleep number one. Uh, all right, that concludes list, guys. Let's move on to movie Three Amigos. I did not watch it. Did not watch it. Cam, did you watch your movie? Yeah, that was what two weeks ago now, Dylan. No. Nope. Damn. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, it's just like one of the movies that like when I was young, I had it on DVD and that was one of the movies that was always in the car. My mom's Honda Pilot that had the DVD player and I would just watch it on not even a road trip, just like 20 minute drive. I'd be watching Three Amigos for 20 minutes. Um, yeah, Martin Short, Steve Martin, Chevy Chase. Uh, it's very goofy. It's like a uh, western slapstick comedy kind of kind of thing. It's probably and, right up my alley. Oh, have you guys seen it before? No, never. No. Thing. Well, yeah, you should watch it. It's it's a classic. I still love it to this day. Um, those three are just very funny together. I am going to give it a 7-9. doesn't matter for anything, but... 7-9, disqualified, but still going to take down the score. You should watch it, though. It's very good. Um, I believe it's my turn for the movie. Um, this might be my last one, uh, based on the season starting up. Uh, I think it's a good fit with the theme of last week. Uh, Semi-pro. Haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, haven't done it on the show. Right, the uh, never... Yep, it's on Netflix, so it's easy to get to. Never seen a cam. You're gonna love you it. You never seen semi pro yeah. cam? I I know. Pretty this much feels this yeah. feels attacking towards the Flint tropics. No, honestly, Tucker, I didn't have a movie. I went into Netflix, started looking, saw it. I was like, huh. I was just thinking about the Flint tropics. Like, the Flint tropics are successful in that movie, Tucker. Anything, it's, yeah. it's very, very it's very original you guys name for your team, Tucker. You think I did it? <laughs> uh, okay. Um, semi pro. All right, that's our show. Uh, episode 135. Check out that song, it's a banger. Um, but hit us up on our socials. Stay tuned. Football's coming up. We got to do our uh, final playoff predictions in a couple weeks. See, it's coming up so. Uh, but that's all we got for you tonight. 
Thanks for uh, tuning in. Thanks for getting wasted with us. And we will see you next week. So long. See you.